powered by Transistor FM. Welcome to Friends, Foes, and Neither. Do not adjust your podcatcher settings, as what you are about to hear is real. It's the Derek Duvall Show. Prepare yourself for insightful interviews with incredible people. Join us now as we delve ever deeper into the human condition. And now, coming to you live to tape from the Derek Duvall Production Bunker, it's Derek Duvall! Hello, Duvall Nation. Hello. Hey, everybody. Hi. Thank you so much. Please sit. Thank you. Hello, Duvall Nation, and welcome to the Derek Duvall Show. We are back with another fantastic journey into the lives of extraordinary people. This episode is brought to you today by the fine folks at BetterHelp. BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy service, and it's 100% online. Get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash Derek Duvall Show. That's BetterHelp.com slash Derek Duvall Show. So before we jump into this episode, I want to say a massive thank you to my last guest, Brian O'Halloran. The Milestone 200th episode was a massive hit. And if you have not heard our very in-depth interview, I strongly advise you to check it out after the conclusion of this episode. Well, as we start a new century of episodes, this is episode 201, and we have a great episode lined up for you today. We have on the show Jennifer Drummond. Jennifer is a mountaineer, podcaster, author, and public speaker. Having survived a horrific car crash, she changed her life and holds the Guinness Book of World Records for being the first woman to climb the Seven Second Summits. Jen is a beacon of positivity and inspiration, so let's get her out here. Duval Nation, please welcome to the show, calling in today from her home in Park City, Utah, mountaineer Jennifer Drummond. Jen, hello. Welcome to the Derek Duvall Show. How is the weather out by you today? Oh, it's fantastic. Thanks for having me today. So with the pandemic now winding down, how was it for you to navigate the COVID-19 world? You know, I was lucky. We found out it was happening. We flew out to Hawaii and did most of the rough part of COVID in Hawaii. Which island? Um, Oahu. Oahu. One of my favorites. Yes. Yes. It was great. Spent a lot of time in Oahu when I was in the Navy. I, I One of my favorite places in the world. Oh, I love it. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. All right. So every journey has a beginning. Where were you born and what was it like to grow up there? Okay. So I was, grow- I was born and raised in a little town called Holland, Michigan. And it has a tulip time festival. Very family oriented area. Super fun place to grow up. Grateful not to be living there anymore, but happy that was part of my childhood. Nice. So when you were young, what were your career aspirations? Oh, when I was little, I wanted to be a doctor because I wanted to help people and I wanted to make good money. Really? Yeah. Uh, So what were your favorite memories from Hope College? Yeah. So Hope College, I was studying to be a doctor. My chemistry teacher pulled me aside. He goes, Jen, do you see these kids in this classroom? I'm like, yeah. He goes, do you know any of them? I'm like, no. He goes, do you want to know why? I'm like, yeah. Because they live in the library. And I don't know if you know where our library is on campus. And so if you want to be a doctor, be prepared to be in school with these type of children for the next eight years of your life. I'm just not sure that's a good call for you. And at first I was mad. And then I was actually really appreciative. And I started down the business track and have never looked back. Right on. Now, 
for my listeners, you are a walking, talking medical miracle. Yes. Uh, please walk my listeners through your faithful car accident and how you overcame the odds to come out of it alive and talking to me today. Yeah. Um, so 2018, December 18, I was in a horrific car crash. My car went end over end three times and then started doing sideways rolls before it came to a complete stop in um, the median. And I remember someone knocking on the door yelling, are you okay? Or the windshield, like, are you okay? Are you okay? And he's pulling the cracked windshield back. And I realized that he was talking to me. And I looked at him. I'm like, man, I don't know if I'm okay. Based on that facial expression, I'm kind of afraid to find out. So I closed my eyes and I wiggled my fingers and toes and I could feel my fingers and toes. I'm like, I'm going to be okay. Like I can feel my fingers and toes. Like life is going to be okay. Went to the hospital. I got checked out. I was fine, was discharged. A couple of weeks later, I got a phone call from the police station and they said, hey, we've tried to rebuild this accident over 50 different times. We cannot build a scenario where you live, let alone walk away. Mm. So, um, you know, they're trying to collect a little bit more information to see if we could figure anything out. But it was kind of in that experience that I realized I do not get to choose when I die, but I sure get to choose how I live. And I better be choosing choices that make me happy. Love it. That's very inspiring right there. For yeah. my listeners who are not familiar with your story, tell my listeners how the idea to train for climbing Mount Everest came from. Yeah. Okay. So I survived this horrific car crash and 2019 becomes this year of building the ultimate bucket list. What are all the things I want to see, do, experience, become, and try in this world before I die? Like before I was afraid of what everybody would think. Now I was like, I don't care what you think. I'm going to die. I want to try this stuff out. So I made this really big bucket list and on the list was climb a mountain. And 2020, I was turning 40. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to climb a mountain for my 40th birthday and launch this decade and da, 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 da. So I called some friends that were into mountaineering and said, hey, if you could climb one mountain in the whole world, what would you climb? And the general consensus back was a mountain named Amazablam. I'm like, okay. And I'm like, yeah, no, it's located in Nepal on the way to Everest. It means the mother's necklace. I have seven children, so that felt fitting. And it's the Paramount Pictures logo. I'm like, oh, that's a gorgeous mountain. I'll climb that mountain. That's perfect. So I'm training for Ama de Blom and COVID happens. So I'm not going anywhere. And my kids are no longer in school because school shut down. And now I'm a glorified homeschool teacher. And one of my kids was struggling with his math homework day. And I'm giving him the proverbial pep talk. Like, you do hard things. You've got this. And he looks at me and he goes, we do hard things. Why are you climbing a mountain called I'm a dumb blonde instead of a real mountain like Mount Everest? I said, honey, it's I'm a bum, not I'm a dumb blonde. Finish your homework. We'll look at Everest. So we did. We went to bed. I still kind of looking at it. And I thought, you know what? If Everest is the be all end all hardest mountain in the whole world for someone to climb in his eyes, I'm going to climb it. And I'm going to show him that whatever Everest is, we're capable of summiting. Now, during your training, your climbing coach <laughs> decided to take it a step further, didn't he? Tell yes. my listeners about your Guinness World Record. Yes, that silly little coach. So the coach that I hired to train me for Everson Ama sends me a book. It's about becoming an uphill athlete. And so I'm reading the book, and in the front of it, there's a foreword about a lady who received this world record for doing something in the Alps. And I just was feeling down on myself because homeschooling wasn't going awesome. My kids were kind of hating on me. And I remember thinking, my kids would think I'm so cool if I did a Guinness World Record. They learned how to read on those books. And I would love to have one. And I could offer, and I could have done that. And I wish that goal was still available. My coach looked at me and he's like, I got an idea. And I'm like, yeah, he's like, well, you know, give me a little bit of time and I'll come up with something. But I think I can find you a Guinness World Record worth pursuing. 
said, okay, fine, but I'm just not speed eating hot dogs or growing fingernails or trying to do the pumpkin thing. Like I'm out. And he's like, don't worry. So he came back a few weeks later and he calls me. He's like, Jen, Jen, I have the perfect world record for you. I'm like, okay. He's like, I think you should become the first woman to climb the seven second summits. What are the seven second summits? I don't even know. He's like, well, listen, it's the second highest point on each of the seven continents. It's only been done by one male. They're harder than the first seven. And it's seven continents, seven mountains. You have seven children. It sounds like a jackpot. Like it kind of does. I figured why not try? So I signed up for it and I just completed the quest on June 1st of 2023. Love it. Love it. Now you are my first guest to be a mountaineer. Now I've been doing this show for three years. You are my first mountaineer. Describe for my listeners in detail what it is like to reach the summit of one of these mountains. Oh, yes. So you start getting close to the top and you can see it. And then you have like 10 steps left. And it's this feeling of awe. Like, I can't believe I'm here and disbelief. Like I made it this far. I wanted to turn around like 10,000 times. I can't believe I'm here. And then you take that last step. You take in the deepest breath you can possibly take in. When that breath comes into your body, the world disappears. There's no time. There's no distance. There's nothing between you and everything else. You're one with all things. And you take an exhale and you breathe in and exhale a couple times. And eventually you come back into form and you're a person standing on a mountain, looking at the sun in awe of what the human is capable of doing. You almost take your soul outside of your body. You throw it out into the universe. You say, I can't wait to find you again on my next pursuit, whatever that may be. And you start climbing down the mountain. That's amazing. Yeah. That is, I can't imagine what that must feel like. Uh, One day, maybe if my knees were to not be as crippled as they are, I would love to be able to do something like that, but... I, I'm I, here to, for you. To get to live, <laughs> get to live vicariously thing very briefly right there. That's that sounds incredible. Now, of all the mountains that you have climbed, which mountain is your favorite? And to build on that question just a little bit more, which mountain on the planet is on your bucket list that is still yet to be climbed? Ooh, that's a loaded question. I loved all the mountains. And I know that sounds cliche, but every one of them had its own unique experience, its own unique challenge, its own unique thing that it taught me about myself. I will say that climbing in Antarctica was pretty spectacular. Um, Being able to just be in that part of the world. It's Mm. sunny all the time. There's no animals. There's no plants. There's no colors, right? You just have snow and rock and blue sky and yellow sun and that's it. So it's just interesting to be in such a sensory deprivation environment mm-hmm. and be able to explore. It feels otherworldly for sure. So I've really liked climbing in Antarctica. I would say, you know, the second highest point in Europe is called Diktau and it's located in Russia. And some people think that you should climb the second highest peak in more central Europe, which is Mount Rosa located in Switzerland. So at some day, 
I want to climb that mountain just to add it to the list. Everest is on that list? I've done Everest. Oh, you have done Everest then? Yeah, 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 yeah. So my son challenged me to Everest. And so I did Everest as training ground for K2. So Everest is the tallest mountain. K2 is the second tallest. And to climb K2, you should definitely climb Everest first because Everest is a lot easier. Okay. I, when we were doing the research for the thing, we couldn't find out if you actually had done Everest. So yeah. we, we, we wanted to ask, that was one of our next yeah, questions. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm glad you did. I did. Yeah. Everest is one of my favorite climbs. It's so much fun. Mm-hmm. What's it like at the top of Everest? Freezing, like next level cold. I remember getting to the top and we had oxygen masks on. And sometimes you can take the masks off and do photos. But this particular day, it was too cold. They were afraid that if you took the mask off, the oxygen tank would freeze. And so we had to keep them on. We were up there for 10 minutes, right? And then we started down the climb, the down climb. And here's the thing about all mountains in life, physical and metaphorical. We don't live on the top. And the top is celebrated because of the journey to it. You know, I mean, if you climb a mountain to be up there for 10 minutes and think it's worth it, you're never going to be satisfied. It's learning how to appreciate the entire process of getting to the summit. That's where the significance comes in. I want to remember this interview for a long time because you are actually the first guest on my show to have climbed Everest. So All right, mark, perfect. Mark, mark this episode. I will this this could be a one for them for the books. So there you go. I like it. There I'm excited. All right. So describe the emotions you went through when you learned that you were the first woman to set the Guinness World Record of being the first woman to climb the second highest summits on each of the seven continents. Yeah. You feel invigorated, right? You feel like, man. I'm a normal everyday human. There's nothing special about me. And I set my mind to this goal. I learned all the things I needed to learn. I figured out all the things I needed to figure out. And all of a sudden, like I stood on the final summit two and a half years later after starting out on that quest. And I look back on that journey and I think of all the things that happened, all the people that I got to meet, all the charities I was involved in, all the places I got to see. And it just makes you realize it is so cool to be a human. We are capable of so much and I get so excited. I can't wait to meet other people and talk to them and get them fired up about their goals and make sure they stay with them. Because when we do, the other side of hard is so much magic, you can't even put words to it. Okay, Duval Nation, we are going to go ahead and take a small break right here, but we will be right back with the conclusion of this interview with Jennifer Drummond. Mister, should take this time to refresh that drink and take some super long deep breaths. You know, that's right, Cluzo style. Out with the bad air, in with the good. Out with the bad air, in with the good. Please give your attention to a few friends in my show, and we will be right back. This is Country Boy for One My Black History. And if you listen to my podcast, this is some of the things that you will enjoy. The term Jim Crow derives from early 19th century minstrel shows. It was a popular form of entertainment, which is the predecessor to vaudeville. The shows consisted of a primarily white song and dance performer crudely mimicking African-Americans for the enjoyment of white audiences. One of the earliest and most famous was Thomas Daddy Rice, 
who devised a strutting, dancing character, supposedly mimicking a prancing crow. And the character became known as Jim Crow. And if this is the type of content that you enjoy, you can find more content like this at OneMikeHistory.com. Hello, Duvall Nation. Derek Duvall here. Mental health is not only a top priority in my life, but it should be in yours, too. As a combat military veteran, I have seen what untreated mental health looks like, which is why I've been using a therapist for well over a decade. Seeing a trusted therapist has helped me reconcile life events and other important things I've been witness to since returning home from the service and has changed my life for the better in many ways. Which is why going forward I am pleased to announce that BetterHelp will be sponsoring The Derek Duvall Show. BetterHelp is the world's first therapy service and it's 100% online. With BetterHelp you can tap into a network of over 30,000 licensed and experienced therapists who can help you with a wide range of issues. To get started, you just answer a few questions about your needs and preferences in therapy. That way, BetterHelp can match you with the right therapist from their network. Then, you can talk to your therapist however you feel comfortable, whether it's via text, chat, phone, or video call. You can message your therapist at any time and schedule live sessions when it's convenient for you. If your therapist isn't the right fit for any reason, you can switch to a new therapist at no additional charge. With BetterHelp, you get the same professionalism and quality you can expect from in-office therapy, but with a therapist who is custom-picked for you. More scheduling flexibility and at a more affordable price. Get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash Derek Duvall Show. That's BetterHelp.com slash Derek Duvall Show. Hey, it's Michelle Fabre, and you're listening to The Derek Duvall Show. You can hear my brand new single, I'm All That I Need, on all streaming platforms right now. This is Marielle Sanji, the author of The Absinthe Frappe from LSU Press. Have you ever wondered about the mysteries of absinthe? The spirit is packed with history, and in my book, I explore the myths and facts behind this elusive liquor. What is it about absinthe that appealed to artists like Vincent van Gogh? How did the absinthe frappe cocktail take the country by storm in the 19th century? Why was absinthe banned? And how were the restrictions on absinthe lifted? Dive into the world of absinthe in the absinthe frappe, available wherever you prefer to buy your books. This is Benjamin Sledge, author of Where Cowards Go to Die. In my award-winning memoir, you'll discover the raw humanity, intricate complexity, and brutal barbarity of those who served in the Iraq and Afghan wars, and the psychological toll it took on modern veterans. You can purchase Where Cowards Go to Die on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or anywhere major books are sold. Look for me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Benjamin C. Sledge. Teachers, do you ever have these feelings or have been told these things? Do you want Kleenex for your classroom? Maybe you should think about buying your own with your own money. You get the summer off, you can have a second job. Do you really need a pay raise? Oh, do you need to use the restroom? Maybe you can do that in the three minutes while students are changing classes. Boy, sure hope your room doesn't descend into Lord of the Flies in that time. 
Oh, things are going pretty good for one. Surprise! Budget cuts! Well, you're in luck because we've got a book just for you. Hi, everyone. It's Katie Kinder, educator, speaker, and author of Untold Teaching Truths. I invite you to purchase my book and join this journey as we talk about the wild world of public education. Part memoir, part strategy. It is available on BookBaby, Amazon, or wherever books are sold. Teach on Warriors. We've got this. Hey, it's Presley Tennant, and you're listening to The Derek Duvall Show. You can find my brand new EP, 600 Miles, on all streaming platforms right now. Janae Sergio, arriving. Hello, everyone. This is Janae Sergio, life coach, combat veteran, and best-selling author. I invite you to purchase my new book, Perfectly Flawed: A Veteran's Journey from Homeless to Hero. In these pages, you will learn about the lowest struggles of my life to the absolute triumphs that have made me the strong woman I am today. Follow along as I talk about homelessness, my naval role in Operation Enduring Freedom, navigating insurmountable odds, and how I dealt with and overcame them. You can find Perfectly Flawed on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or wherever books are sold. Welcome back to episode 201 of The Derek Duvall Show. Let's get right back to it with the conclusion of our interview with Guinness World Record holder, Jennifer Drummond. Now, you have written a book, Breakproof, Seven Strategies to Build Resilience and Achieve Your Life Goals. What inspired you to write this book? Yeah, you know, I wrote it to a younger version of myself. I wrote it to the girl before the car accident that was putting her life on hold and waiting until her kids were in college so that she could step into things that set her heart on fire. And that car accident woke me up. And I hope the book is a permission slip to everybody that reads it to step into who they are, have the courage to own their dreams and the bravery to put action behind them. Hmm. What sort of lessons are you promoting in these pages? Mm, You know, we talk a lot about resilience because I think resilience is really what gets us to the top of the mountain and just helping people identify, oh, I broke or I took a break. And when we take these breaks, We can evaluate everything that's happened and have proof to improve areas, let go of areas, make pivots, continue up the mountain and go forward. Um, So for example, one of the tips that I talk about is big mountains take big teams. So if you have a big goal and you want to get there, it's going to take a big team to make that happen. And if for some reason you're struggling or you're out of energy or just doesn't feel right, One of the things you need to stop and ask yourself is, do I have enough people to keep the energy alive and to keep this idea going so that we can reach the summit? I think a lot of times people think it's a solo journey to the top and it really, really, really isn't. What's the reaction to the book been like? Um, You know, we sent out a handful of copies to get some feedback. First rendition, they cut some stories. Like, you know, this is like, maybe this would be in a second book. Let's keep this book around this topic. And when you write a book, you're writing to a blank piece of paper. So you're learning, okay, does this have enough details for somebody that's not a climber to understand what's going on? 
Does it have too many details? So it's not moving at a pace fast enough to keep them interested to keep continuing. So it's very much learning the cadence and the speed and the detail to provide people. Um, once we were on rendition, whatever, I don't even know anymore, <laughs> but this rendition that we've sent out to people, the feedback's been absolutely amazing and I'm super excited. Uh, one of the things I've learned about you that's very interesting is you have a podcast, yes. Seek Your Summit. Tell my listeners about it. Yes. So I have a podcast. I don't even know how I got into podcasting. Someone told me like I'd be good on TV. I should have a podcast so I could get practice and interviewing people and talking to people and learning about their stories. I'm like, okay, let's try it. So I did my first few podcasts, which if anybody's starting anything new, you're horrible at it. Like I was so bad, but I loved it. I loved the people. I loved the stories. I loved the sharing. And now the podcast is called Seek Your Summit. And it talks about moving from a life of success to a life of significance, because I feel that's where the joy comes in. Like we get excited when we achieve something, but when somebody else achieves something because we are a part of their story, it means that much more. Hmm. As a podcaster, now this is a question I've asked all podcasters who come on my show, you know, as a podcaster, what sort of challenges have you had to overcome? Oh, okay. So friends, my first podcast studio, I converted a closet into the podcast room. And so I put up all these like foam things to absorb sound and I glued those to the wall. And then when I went to record my podcast, I put all these lights in so I didn't look like I was in a black hole. And I started talking on a microphone and everything else. Well, the lights started to heat up the glue in the closet that had no circulation whatsoever. And all of a sudden I'm like, I'm getting high on my own supply. This is not a good situation. Like I'm sweating because the lights are hot, the glue's fuming in the room. And I'm trying to hold a conversation with the person on the other side, keeping track of time, paying attention to what they're saying and coming out with a product at the end. It was so overwhelming. And I can just look back on that time and just laugh at myself. That's a great story. That that's that's fantastic. It was awesome. That, that's great. Oh man, that's fantastic. Uh, yeah. You are a professional speaker. What do you enjoy about public speaking, and what sort of ideas and topics do you promote in your talks? Yeah. Um, okay. I love public speaking because I love the exchange of energy. Right. You have this crowd and they're giving you energy and you're giving them energy. And it's just this thing goes back and forth. When I step off the stage, I am like the energizer bunny. Everything's amazing. And so I love that feeling. So I love being on stage. And when I talk on stage, it depends on the audience. Right. I have a very a lot of people hone in on niches. I have not picked a niche yet because I've just had a lot of opportunities that have sound excited to me. So I talk about putting people over peaks. I had to do that on one of my climbs where I didn't summit the first time a teammate died and I decided to go down and help take care of my team instead of continue on the summit and the summit window closed. And I just firmly believe that who we are and what, how we show up as people is more important than anything we'll ever achieve. And so that's a real fun story to share with others. I talk about acclimatizing. Um, when you climb Everest or some of these big mountains, it's not start at base camp and then climb to the top. You go up to different camps and you hit a point where your body fails and then you come back to base camp. Your body changes physiologically to produce more red blood cells so you can go back up higher the next time. 
And when we're building businesses or doing things, like we have to remember that part of that process is acclimatizing and not turn those obstacles or setbacks into failures. And now it's time to quit. Talk a lot about teamwork and building big teams and motivating others and motivating yourself and exploring new horizons and how to have enough energy. I think a lot of when we climb mountains, we need to be able to come home. The summit is not the end. When you build a business and you're trying out new products or doing different things, I think a lot of businesses explode because they don't have enough resources to bring it all the way home if it doesn't work. And so just using a lot of mountain metaphors into our everyday lives to help us have the resilience, have the bandwidth, have the reserves to get to the top. Pierre de Coubertin said the most important thing in life is not the triumph, but the struggle. You get a chance to talk to your younger self. What would you say to her? Have more fun. I was so serious when I was my first phase of life. So Gen 1.0 was fueled on fear. Fear of not being enough, fear of not making enough money, fear of not being successful, fear of like anything fill in the blank. After that car accident, it was like, why even, that's unavailable. Fear is always gonna be there. So you can operate from that lens or you can operate from the lens of like, let's have fun. We live on a planet that circles a ball of fire that has moons that move the ocean. Like, do we really have to make everything that serious and that complicated and that hard? I would tell my younger self to relax and just enjoy this journey. Good answer. What's next for Jennifer? Ah, you know, I'm making myself practice the pause. I feel like so much of life is what's next, what's next, what's next, that we sometimes forget to appreciate what is. I'm a very quick start. I'm a hard stop. So I promised myself that I give myself at least 12 months before I took on something else to make sure that it is in line with how I want my life to look. As we enter the final phase of this interview, I always like to ask one fun question. Jen, what do you like to do for fun? How do you like to relax? Ooh, I'm not a good relaxer. <laughs> I'll tell you on, why I'm not a good relaxer. I picked relaxer. up on that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So here's what I'm doing for fun. No one's going to, on this radio, on this show is going to think this is fun. I am waking up tomorrow morning at two in the morning. I'm going with three of my friends. And we're going to go do this hike that is 33 miles long, 20 some thousand feet of gain. And it's all the ridge tops in the Wasatch. And the Wasatch is where we live. I'm like, I have all these amazing mountains right in my backyard that I haven't even been to the top of. So tomorrow morning, we're going to start that quest and hope to finish it in 36 hours. That's fun. Nice. Yeah. What would be the best way for my listeners to follow your adventures online? Oh, please do. It's super fun. Um, jendrummond.com and that's J-E-N-N drummond.com on my website. You can order the book. You can learn about some of the fun challenges that I'm doing. I share summit notes of the expeditions I go on. And then it also has links to all my social media channels. So you can plug into whatever one you prefer, reach out, say hi, and let's cheer each other on. All right. Jen, I end my interviews with my favorite question, and I feel based on our conversation today, you might give a damn good answer. So you're ready for this? Let's do it. If the entire planet was listening to this broadcast, what would be the one thing you'd like to say to the people of Earth? Yes. You do not get to choose when you die, but you sure get to choose how you live. Every day is a choice, so make them wise. Love it. Great. 
The book is Breakproof, Seven Strategies to Build Resilience and Achieve Your Life Goals, available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or wherever you buy your books online. Jennifer, you are living proof that nothing is impossible. Congratulations on your success and coming back from something pretty much unsurvivable to being a testament to the human spirit of never giving up. So thanks for coming on the show today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's been a privilege. And just like that, Duval Nation, we come to the end of episode 201. I want to thank Jen for being so gracious with her time, for being such a cool guest. What a delight and a breath of fresh air to the show. I wish her nothing but the best for her future. Okay, tune again next time as we showcase another extraordinary person. We drop our episodes on Mondays and Thursdays, so be sure to keep checking your favorite podcast streaming channel for those episodes to drop. Also, I think it's fair to ask you, the listener, have you enjoyed this episode? I truly hope you have, so please go and hit that subscribe button to keep up today for when new episodes drop. Also, if you're feeling generous, drop us a review. We love reading what our listeners have to say about us, good or bad. We are still enjoying our partnership with the amazing Tee Public. The Derek Duvall Show has a great little store on there. And we have everything without a logo on it, including magnet stickers and mugs. Plus, we have some really fun t-shirts on there that Mrs. Duvall and I added ourselves. So please go to our website, DerekDuvallShow.com. Go to the banner that left us as merch. Click that, and you'll be taken to our store on Tee Public. And once again, I want to thank them for being such great partners with the show. On behalf of myself and the entire team here at the Derek Duvall Show, I want to say to each and every one of you listening... I hope everyone had a safe and fun Halloween and did not engorge on too much candy or sweets. And if you did, that's okay. Get some exercise to sweat it right off. Remember, folks, Duval Nation is also a judgment-free zone. Nostar, God bless, and see you next time, Planet Earth. This has been a recording of The Derek Duval Show, and we thank you for listening. Please go to our website, DerekDuvalShow.com, for links to merchandise and to explore past episodes. Please find us on social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Derek Duval Show.